0: not the brightest guy in the room, but he is the cheapest. I love lamp I love lamp Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh.
1: Braden tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. Dude, I can tell that you're still trying to get used to the studio and the gang. Still need to find your groove. That's fair. Wow. It's fair. I thought you've been doing all right. The last, segment, the last segment, I couldn't talk. I needed Mark Caboli's help. That was tough, though. You had to do math, minus, and Thank addition you, Tom. There. I mean, I was been you, putting Tom. a pretzel there, too. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate that. that. See, that is friendship, and Braden's our P1. He's our number one snowflake, and yet he's ripping on me. Pal, I was doing math on the fly. I'm good, and yeah, I made a terrible Ben Roethlisberger... No means no analogy. We're fine. It's okay. We move past it. We move past it to Joe Rudder of the trip. Joe, how you doing today? Thanks for taking the time. Yeah, good. Am I expected to carry you too now? I guess so. Yeah. Can you can you handle the responsibility? Are you gonna be able to do this? I guess.
0: You know, if you know Cavoli has to, well, you know, uh, I'd do anything then.
1: Damn right, uh, Joe Kyle Brandt on. <laughs> Good Morning Football today said the Steelers are the most desperate team in the NFL, given Ben Roethlisberger's age and the fact that Le'Veon's not going to be back next year. It's something I've been saying for a while, but I think Ben's play in camp kind of reflected that. He was really good, I thought, in training camp. And then apart from that, he was very vocal. Not that he hasn't been in the past, but he was ripping some of these young receivers. He was saying some things to Juju. I think he understands the importance of this year.
0: Yeah, I would think there's some urgency there, you know, especially when you're 36 years old and you know, your offensive line's getting a little older. You, you know, your uh, top receiver's, you know, seven, eight years into his career, and you got a defense that you're not sure what you're going to get out of. Yeah, I can see why they would say that. I don't know if I necessarily 100% agree, but no, I can see what the, uh, the philosophy is behind it.
1: Why don't you 100% agree? Because you think they still have a chance if Le'Veon's not in the fold?
0: Yeah, I think, um you know, and I'm still not, I mean, believe me, I think there's a 98% chance that he goes after this year, but maybe there's that 2% chance that something happens that they could, you know, keep him. Um and, and, you know, running back is a position that, you know, I don't know what the crop is of, in the next draft, but I'm sure they can find somebody to replace him. And they've done a good job of finding other receivers and, you know, you know, they got. It seems like some capable guys on the line coming back, so I think the offense can still be good. And uh, they're, you know, trying some young guys out on defense. So I don't know if this is the uh, last year before the window closes by any stretch, but um, I could see why someone in Roethlisberger's position would, uh, you know, want to try to win as soon as possible.
1: Joe Rudder from the Trib carrying me here on the Crowley Show. <laughs> uh, Joe, the defense in camp. Uh, how have they looked to you and the dollar defense, things of that nature? How much of that do you think we're really going to see?
0: Uh, yeah, that's a good thing. Good question because uh, you know I don't know how good they they can be or are because you know, they they practice the dollar a lot, but they haven't had all, they haven't had Sean Davis out there a ton. Uh, Morgan Burnett was out earlier in camp, and they haven't used it in the game. So you know I, I just yeah I think we're going to have to wait and see as we go out through the preseason here. If it's going to be any, if it's going to be effective, and uh, you know how much they'll use it, and you know they haven't really even used the dime defense either. So, you know, I, I think as preseason goes on, we'll see more and more of this become part of their defensive philosophy. But right now, it's just hard to tell, especially when you haven't had, you know, the seven expected defensive backs out there together.
1: I had a little birdie from within the organization whisper to me that he thinks that Threl Edmonds is already the best safety on the team. What you see in that regard uh, out there on the practice field? Oh, he
0: looks good. He looks really good. And, uh, you know, he's definitely been the healthiest. And he's been out there, and they have seem like they've been comfortable putting him. You know, they have moved him back to free safety a little bit when Sean Davis has been out. But he definitely can play strong safety, and he seems like he's always around the ball. He's physical. Um, you know, given that with his age, yeah, he is one of the better defensive backs they
1: have. Joe Redder joining me here on the Crowley Show. What do you think about the outside linebacker battle um, not from a starting standpoint. We know who those guys are going to be. And I presume that Anthony Chicklow is going to make the team. But the Keon Adams of the world, do you think they might have something in a guy like him and Ola? Uh,
0: you know, I I was really looking forward to see what Keon Adams could do this year. I didn't see much from him so far in camp. And I know that uh, Ola has done well and Farrington, who gaining, has gotten some first-team snaps. Um, you know, this is going to be an important next three games to see what shakes out there. But really their depth behind Watt and Dupree isn't an unknown and in a lot of cases Watt and Dupree is an unknown because you know Dupree hasn't really put up the numbers you'd expect from a number 1 draft pick and you know Watt despite his good rookie year has pretty much missed all of camp
1: there's something that you said there that makes you want to go down a different avenue uh, there was a national writer that tweeted out yesterday that if you had to pick the two teams the NFL that are the deepest He would say the Steelers and the Saints, and I do think the Steelers are deep in some positions, but uh, I even have my concerns behind Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster at receiver. I absolutely have concerns at inside and outside linebacker, and the offensive line, I'm sure all teams have that problem with depth there, but I'm scared at the tackle position, so while I do think they're deep, maybe that's a comment on the rest of the National Football League, or maybe he's just wrong.
0: Yeah, it could be. I mean, I think they're good. I think James Washington's going to be a good receiver, so I'm not that worried about that position. But yeah, and, and offensive line, you know, you're, you're down near your third, um, third left left guard, and you don't, you know, you're relying on a rookie to be your backup. At the swing tackle position and inside and outside linebacker, yeah, it's there's there is some depth concern there. Um, you know, you're relying on John Bostic. You know, to see what he can do, and I don't think they really want Tyler Matikavich to be the starter at that spot. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're not looking, scanning the waiver wire as soon as cuts happen to try to add some veteran pieces at those positions.
1: Joe, the quarterback situation, I think, is obvious now to all of us. I mean, Landry's the number two. I kind of thought it was going to be that way the whole time. Uh, We're going to not see Ben or Landry in the next game. So, what are you hoping to see if you're a Steelers fan or? a Steelers uh, coach uh, about from Josh Dobbs. I mean, can he play his way onto this team? I, I don't think that there's any way unless he'd be the fourth quarterback, and I think they're probably loath to do something like that.
0: Yeah, I don't think they'll keep a fourth. In fact, they've pretty much come out before and said that. Now, if he plays really well, um, you know, maybe they try to do that, or maybe they try to sneak him through waivers to see if they can get him on the practice squad. Um you know, or uh, you know, I don't think anybody would give him much for him, but maybe he becomes a uh, someone you could trade. Um, but I think that that would be a nice problem for them to have. Uh, you know, I would think that in a year from now, when Landry Jones probably isn't here, that you have Dobbs and Rudolph available, you know, to be the number two guy. That would be a nice position to be in. But uh, you know, I, unless or unless one of these phantom injuries comes up and Josh Dobbs ends up on injured reserve, uh, it's going to be hard for them to keep him around.
1: What did you see from Dobbs in camp? I
0: thought he's looked, I thought he's made some strong throws. I've seen, you know, he has a lot, it seems like his arm is stronger. He's getting more zip on the ball. Um, You know, he had that nice touchdown pass, you know, against Philadelphia. And I, I, I think he's been a lot more accurate and a lot more confident in the pocket. And, you know, if he didn't have Mason Rudolph in the equation, I think I would feel comfortable with him being your number three guy but uh, not not really to be a number two, but you know to be a number three, but you know, with Mason Rudolph in the picture, and as well as he's been playing you know it's just, i'm not sure how he fits
1: in, uh, did you think Rudolph had a good camp? I know at the beginning it was a little bit shaky, but after that i've been happy with what i've seen from him
0: yeah, he's gotten better you know he's gotten better the last week or so he's gone out and he's looked comfortable out there, and uh, you know the one thing i, I i've noticed is he seems to be a little. Trigger happy to throw to James Washington anytime yeah. he gets in trouble. And that I guess that's to be understanded because they played together at Oklahoma State. So I'd like to see what kind of report he can develop with the other receivers, but he hasn't gotten all that much work with the ones. So uh, you know, when he's working with those lesser-known guys you know he's he's going to his favorite person and i can't blame him but you know to be a well-rounded quarterback he's going to have to get a rapport with the other guys
1: yeah no doubt and i'm interested to see the order in which we see dobbs and rudolph obviously it was dobbs before rudolph the last time but hopefully both of those guys get an opportunity to prove themselves with some of the team's better players uh joe really appreciate you taking the time today Uh, as always man and let's do it down the road
0: Sounds good, and I I guess, you know, if you have Ray Fittipaldo on later, I guess he can carry you then, too.
1: Man, it's it's almost like you guys knew what I was doing today. I appreciate the time, pal. (laughs) That's right. Anytime. There he goes. That's Joe Rudder from the trip. We do have Ray Fittipaldo joining us at 540. Braden's giving it to me here, though. Hey, Hey, man, just trying to keep you accountable didn't mean to offend Snowflake. I'm not offended. I just thought the show was going a little bit better than you thought the show was going. They made me do math. Maybe he just
2: missed you. You know, maybe he's just it. not used to you. And, like, you haven't been in the environment. You've been at training camp. So he just misses the essence of Studio Crowley. And he's, you know, kind of like a, a puppy who hasn't seen its owner in a while. He's kind of like, eh, I'm going to ignore you at first and kind of give you some crap. Maybe poop on the floor. I want him to lick my face. He'll come around and lick face. Lick your my face, face Brayden. come around and lick your face. Lick it. Time. Good boy. Oh, no. Good boy, lick my face. How to no, no. context this show is so great. 412
1: 922 2874 is the number that I give out only when I'm uncomfortable or we're giving things away.
2: After you just scream, lick it a bunch of times. Lick
1: it! <laughs> lick it, Brandon. Lick it now! Lick it good! Lick it just like you should! James tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. Happy anniversary. I celebrate my ninth today. Hey, James, no one cares. Oh, no. Come on. I appreciate you saying happy anniversary. I don't care that it's your ninth. He's big time in me. He's he's, he's a
2: veteran. You're still somewhat of a rook just transitioning into a... Uh... A
1: uh, a known
2: entity in the league. This guy's a this guy's a veteran, dude. He's been around. You can learn a
1: thing or two from him. It's the third year on the rookie contract, and now my wife needs to determine whether or not she's gonna pick up that fifth year option. Yeah, don't you think that's not happening either. Oh, there's evaluation going <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah,
2: there's big time evaluation.
1: The other day, she was home, I was at camp, I was getting just pissed drunk, right? Yeah, it's getting hammered. Yeah. And I forgot to take the trash out before I left. And it was raining, and our stones on the side of the house that walk us down to the trash can, they get very slippery. And she slipped and fell while taking the trash out, and she just crushed me for it.
2: Oh, no. Was it your fault?
1: Oh, yeah. Because the last thing she did whenever I was walking out the door was say, hey, do you mind getting that trash can? It's really heavy. I don't think I can do it because the wheel's broken, I probably should get the new wheel, too. And she said, can you do it? Because I can't. It's it's a lot harder on me. I said, okay, fine, I'll do it. And then I didn't. Yeah, Kai, that's honestly disgusting of you to make your wife slip and fall like that. Terrible. Well, it's not my fault she fell. But it is my fault that she was out there. But it is. Yeah, you didn't take the trash out. She had to. She slipped and fell. So her falling
2: is a direct result of... Of what you did she wouldn't which have fallen sure if the was trash her, was out
1: which was her argument right it was i will take responsibility for her having to go out there and move the trash can that sucks i should have done it what i will not take responsibility for is her being a klutz. did you did i did mean you walk say, much Leanna? come
2: on did you say that no of course not. <laughs> come on <laughs> learn how to walk it's not I, my fault you can't your walk your wife's got good game dude she's got really good game like in this entire thing, she managed to make her falling your fault. That's good that's that's high end intellect. Right? Yes. That's intelligent. She ain't no dummy.
1: I started going around to every person at the bar, Williamson yeah. and Lolly, and Persuda and asking them all for life guidance. And Williamson said, just wait, pal. Just wait. I'm
2: happily married, though. No, we know you are. I don't see I don't see Bad things in our future. See, what she did, and I can say this growing up as a a Catholic guy, like in the Catholic church, she's become a master of Catholic guilt. She laid it on you. She laid it right down. She said, you should feel guilty because I fell. Nailed it. That's good Irish stuff right there, buddy.
1: I did hear... Never mind. (laughs) There's just... Mm. What? I can't. Mm, nope. Not going to. Nope. What? Not going to do it. What? Not going to say anything. Please. She. You are right, though. She jedi me. Yeah. She did. This is not my fault. This is your fault. Damn it. It is all my fault, though. How dumb is that? So the last thing she says, hey, take the trash out. And I go, okay. And then I take a shower, and I don't take the trash out. What a dumbass. And I have my growth is back on my face. They say it's a tumor. It'll be fine. It's fine. They'll cut it out. But I had to cancel an appointment so that I could schedule another appointment with a plastic surgeon, and I forgot to do that for like four days. Forgot to call, and she was pissed. This isn't going to look good on your
2: evaluation. I'm an idiot. You're three. Your, they, they might just choose. She might choose
1: to release you outright. <laughs> no franchise tag. Yeah,
2: no, just let go. Yeah.
1: Brayden tweets. He's back again at underscore Adam Crowley. Well, I didn't expect that. Ha ha. I'm sorry. I'm just not used to Studio Crowley. That's my bad. We just did what my wife did yes. to me to Brayden. That's right. It is your fault. We just missy Mrs. Crowley'd him. Coming up next, the Pirates are bad again. Woo! And it's the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun brought to you by To Be Determined. It's the running on all cylinders Crowley Show. This is the Adam
3: Crowley Show. Let me- ESPN Pittsburgh, 970 AM and 106.3 FM.
1: Lick it! Good boy. Good boy, lick my face. I'm back. Whatever Braden was saying before, it doesn't matter because I, Adam Crowley, am back in studio. With Bomber 73 and Button Pusher 970 on the Twitter.com, Brian LaMartina, Thomas Offerman, shirtless Thomas Offerman. The Buccos are done. They're 5-8 in August, and while their schedule does allow them to pull back into it because of the teams that they're playing being ahead of them, I also think it's unlikely at this point that it does happen. Chris Archer was brought in to be a guy, and he's been just a guy. Chris Archer was brought in to be the best pitcher on the staff, or at least a close two behind Jamison Tyone, and, well, he's gone 13 innings and three appearances. They need more from him. They've won two out of his three starts, but it's not because he pitched well. I worry about that. He needs to develop a third pitch, and it's not going to happen, I don't think, this season. So can he be the guy next year? Yeah, I believe that strongly. You got him out of the AL East, you helped develop that third pitch, the changeup he's been working on. But now, I uh, don't think it's going to happen. And that's not good. Because now the Pirates are at the very best, at the end of the day, going to be five and a half games back. Well, I guess they could be still five games back. But right now, they said five and a half games back. And they've got the Dodgers to lead over They got the Phillies. They got the Braves. They got Colorado. They got the Brew Crew. All these squads are ahead of them. And if the Pirates want to make the playoffs, they're going to have to win 89 games, I think. I said it was 87 before. 89 games, probably the bare minimum now. And that means they have to go 28 and 13 the rest of the way. Brian, you see that happening?
2: Uh, not a snowball's
1: chance in hell. And top? No, because they're probably going to go like 30 and 11. The Pirates are really good at getting us to do what we've done this year. Believe enough. Last year, they're hanging around right at the trade deadline. And the TV ratings reflected that people still cared. This year, sixth, the last time we saw the ratings in Major League Baseball. I'm sure they've even gone up since then because of the trade deadline. People have started to go back to the ballpark, slowly but surely. And are they going to make the playoffs? No. So it's exactly what we thought was going to happen. They're going to be hanging around 500. People are still going to care. And maybe they hoodwinked us. They still did the right thing, I think. But they've made us forget some of their past sins, and yet they're still going to wind up in the same damn place. The Pirates are like that kid in college that you knew, uh, which was
2: kind of basically me, that would not study at all. Would barely show up, the bare minimum for class, just go in to get the credit for being there. And then the night before, cram his ass off just Whoa. to get a C. Just to barely get by. Why'd you cram your ass? Off. Oh. Yes. So just barely enough. You study just enough to get that C and get by and stay in school and maybe keep playing lacrosse a little bit. You just keep it going that way, and it's just enough to get by. That's the Pirates, man. They wait until the deadline, the night before the test, then they cram, and then you're like, oh, all right, you got a C on that paper. You're good. I'm not going to ride your ass for a couple days here. you know, Or like, cram it. Or cram it, yeah. Too much ass analogy? Sorry.
1: No, I think you're spot on here. That's exactly what they're doing. We've all bought back in, and they're going to wind up exactly where they've wound up the last couple of years. It's not different. It's a C average. Yes. That's it. There's nothing worse than being an average baseball team, and that's what they are. Now, next year, I do think the pieces are in place for them to be better than that. They'll have a full season of Chris Archer. You've got Jamison Tyon, who's now figured it out. I definitely believe that. Last 13 starts has been very good. The last one yesterday was just okay, but he's been the guy they need him to be. Trevor Williams, a good number 4 or 5. Joe Musgrove has the stuff to be a very good pitcher in this league and has pitched to the tune of about three five ERA this year. I think they can be good next year. But that's the rallying cry for Pirates fans. It's always next year in Jerusalem, and this year did not change that at all. Tom, what time is it?
0: And now it's time for the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and
1: fun. Brought to you by To Be Determined. I was watching Good Morning Football today, and I've stolen some of their content. Kyle Brandt spoke earlier on. He said the Steelers are the most desperate team in the NFL. I agree with that, although I think there are some contenders. Green Bay is one of them. Mike McCarthy is probably a pretty darn desperate guy. We'll talk about that at a different point. One of the things they asked was, can the Ravens be real challengers to the Pittsburgh Steelers? And each of them said yes. Here's where they're wrong. Joe Flacco sucks. Jalen Ramsey and I will agree on that. Joe Flacco sucks. 15 interceptions a season on average over the last five years. Why would that change? Why all of a sudden is he going to stop throwing picks? Why all of a sudden is he going to start being good? I ain't buying it. They're not real challengers. The Bengals, though, they've got good players on each level of their defense. I think Carl Lawson is a really good pass rusher. And they've got now the offensive line where Andy Dalton can throw the ball to his playmakers. He's been good when he's had a good offensive line. He's not a great quarterback, but he's better than Flacco. If there is one challenger, and I don't think there is, but if there were to be one, it's Cincinnati. It ain't the Ravens. Pitt needs Penn State. 50,000 season tickets have been sold for Pitt football this year, and I think it's because they all want to go to the Penn State game. Two years ago, in 2016, they sold roughly the same number, around 50K, for season tickets. And five out of the six games, 50,000 people didn't show up to the stadium. So that means not only did the walk-up crowd not show up, but also the season tickets, the holders, they didn't show up either. But they still sold them. That's still money coming into the athletic department. You know that all those people wouldn't be going to the football games if Penn State wasn't on the schedule, but now, whether they go or not, History will say that they did. Pitt needs Penn State, and even when Pitt and West Virginia were at the height of their rivalry, it didn't do what Penn State is doing to Pitt. It wasn't the big boon to attendance. Look, a bunch of people would come down from West Virginia and more, or come up from West Virginia and Morgantown, and there'd be a lot of people in that stadium and a lot of Mountaineer fans, but not quite the way that Penn State changes things. I don't think for Pitt. That's a great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun, brought to you by To Be Determined. Ray Paldo is going to join us coming up in 10 minutes on the show first we talked to dr masterson from excella health about concussions
3: thanks for talking to me i appreciate it
1: tell us a little bit about what you do for excella health
3: so i am the uh, director of sports medicine but i do probably 75 percent of what i do is concussion uh management which of course is a uh topic of interest uh Nowadays, uh, we're, we're heading into the season where we see an awful lot of concussive injuries. I think just in the month of uh, October last year, we had uh, 649 concussion visits. So uh, we're getting to that time where, uh, where it gets pretty busy.
1: Now, is that because all the sports are starting up?
3: It's because the, uh, sports are starting up. Yeah. We have the, you know, of course, uh, football and soccer is going on then, uh, as well. And hockey's year round. So there's a lot of different activities going, going on.
1: Would you say that the majority of the concussions that you deal with are all sports related or do you only deal with sports related concussions?
3: No, you know what? It depends on the, the time of year. Uh, we see an awful lot of slip and falls and, uh, car accidents and work accidents at all, uh, as well. I'm sorry, but, uh, but we see a lot of, of sports injuries, uh, and um, you know I, I think it's uh, important, obviously, that those kids get treated appropriately because it's injury on top of injury. It gets them in trouble. But the worst scenario would be for kids to stop playing sports because of it. We want to keep our kids active for sure.
1: Well, I think that's a really good point, and there's a lot of I think maybe misnomers out there about concussions. Uh, they are treatable. So, what are some of the things? that you deal with maybe some of the misconceptions that you hear that you have to deal with on a daily basis.
3: Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of, uh, talk about, and, and it's a, a real thing. There's no question about it, but the, uh, you know, the, the things that, uh, some of the, uh, football players have, have gone through and, and uh, now we have an extreme sport athlete and a couple of soccer players, uh, with CTE and, uh, of course there's always going to be concern that my son or my daughter has had a couple of concussions are they uh, in trouble or do they could have long term issues and 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 the answer is is uh, you know typically no for that that uh, again, we want to keep those kids active, uh, but we want to avoid that injury on top of injury, which is really where they could get into some trouble with it so um, and there's some things that you can do to help and there's some you know're trying to kind of narrow the gap uh, between. Uh, recovery from the injury, which uh, does happen uh, symptom-wise before, you know, the true physiologic recovery in the brain. So we have ways of monitoring the the, the kids, and uh, the hospital systems have been so good to our practice. Uh, I actually just got back from the American Academy of Neurology Concussion Conference, and uh, talking to people from around the country, uh, there's, there's very few that are in fact, I honestly don't think I talked to anybody who's able to offer what, what we have to excel as far as uh, testing and uh, and monitoring the, the the kids. So yeah, don't don't want the the uh, you know you, you have a concussion in the sport. It doesn't mean you're going to develop a uh, you know a long term issue from it. Uh, you know uh, the sports I think certainly have more long time term benefit than uh, potential for harm.
1: You got into it a little bit there. The most important thing then would be. I suppose once you've suffered the concussion, you gotta make sure that you're all the way healed and even if the symptoms have subsided, there's still a period there where you, you do need to make sure where you're not going back out there and, and competing in the same activities, correct?
3: That's correct. You can't just rely on symptom resolution. It's it's just uh it's not an accurate way of, of knowing, you know, when that brain is, is ready to get back into full activity. Uh, there's not a perfect method. You have to have different ways of, of testing the brain. You have to have experience in, in treating uh, athletes who have gone through this and people who have gone through it. So uh, it's evolving. Uh, there's still uh, a, a you know big knowledge gap between the interest and the true, uh, you know, scientific knowledge, but it's getting better and better.
1: Would... When- You say that some people are more likely to suffer from a concussion than others?
3: Yeah, it's a great question. So there's a few things that we know. We know that in in equal sports, uh, females are a little bit more likely. We know that migraineurs are a little bit more uh, likely to suffer concussive injuries. Um, And and we know that there's a genetic predisposition for uh, some athletes because we see them Uh, you know, kind of recurrently hurt. When when others, when you look at the hits and and maybe they're actually monitored so we even know what the G-force of the hit is, but, uh, you know, the same hit doesn't cause the same injury in in two different people. So there is definitely a genetic component. Unfortunately, that's, you know, not been found. Uh, You hear a lot about the new blood tests and the new imaging tests, and, and gosh, you know, I'm so glad that people are working on those things, but there's none that are ready for prime time at this point.
1: If somebody suffered a concussion, does that make them more likely, even after fully healed, to suffer another concussion?
3: So really, there's some controversy on that. Um, uh, And people who have suffered uh, three or more, there seems to be an increased likelihood. But I think that's because of whatever that genetic predisposition is. I I truly believe that uh, once you've recovered from that concussive injury, that your risk goes back to whatever your baseline risk
4: was.
1: I know a couple of people that have wound up suffering from post-concussion syndrome, and I would imagine that that varies from person to person, too. Is there something that goes into why somebody would wind up having symptoms prolonged longer than another person?
3: Yeah, so, again, there's probably a genetic component to yeah. that, the type of injury. Uh, was it rotational or was it linear? Uh, what was the duration of the hit? Uh there's so much that, that that really goes into that. Now there are a couple of blood tests that are co- uh, common that uh, may be able to predict the uh, severity of the injury and longevity of the recovery. Uh, so, so that's an area of interest. There was a lot of talk about the two new blood tests that were approved for concussion diagnosis. The uh, uh ubiquitin C-terminal hydrolase and glial 6-fibrillary protein, long words. But uh, basically two things came out early in the year and, and made the news. And those things really just tell whether or not there could be a brain bleed and whether or not you should do a CT scan. So, um, but there's a lot, genetics, uh, type of hit, duration of hit, uh, location of hit. So.
1: Doctor, really appreciate you taking the time. I know we spoke last year, and it's always informative. Uh, keep up the good work, and we'll talk soon, I hope.
3: Hey, I appreciate you letting me uh, talk on your program, and uh, I hope it's a great
1: football year. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Thank
3: you.
1: There he goes. Appreciate him coming on the program. That's the 15th time I said appreciate it. That's okay. It's fine. Uh, We've got this to get to before we hear from Ray Fittipaldo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. This headline just popped up on my Twitter feed. A person may have been bitten by a shark at Cape Cod Beach. When we return, I'll tell you whether or not the person was actually bitten. Oh, yeah, and Ray Fittipaldo. Crowley
0: He came here to do three things. Drink beer, talk sports, and drink some more beer. That's what I do. I drink, drink, and I know things. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh.
1: No drinking for me for a while. Got to dry out after St. Vincent College, after training camp, after Sharky's and Dino's. I'll probably have a couple tonight. It's my anniversary. Joining us now to not talk about my anniversary, or really what happened tonight at St. Vincent College and Sharkies and Dino's, but Steelers football is Ray Fittipaldo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Ray, thanks for taking the time today, pal. Yeah, they're going
4: to be sorry to see you go, huh,
1: Adam? Oh, there's no <laughs> doubt about that. They need that Crowley cash flow coming, in Williamson and Lolly and Pursuita. Yeah, they're going to miss us, no question about that. Anything in particular you're going to miss from camp, Ray?
4: Uh, I'll miss the uh, you know being in the car for three, three-and-a-half hours a day to and from my house. But, uh, yeah, other than that, uh, no, I'll be happy <laughs> to report to uh, work on the south side on Saturday and uh, look forward to the next uh, July in La that uh, I've had my fill for this summer.
1: Yeah, couldn't agree more. Uh, what was your biggest takeaway from camp? I know it's a broad question, and I'm sure you're asked it on every interview you do and every time somebody sees you at the grocery store. But uh, anything that you took from this camp that, that really struck you?
4: You know, Adam, um, this was evident to me in in the first preseason game against the Eagles, and this could change, but I was not impressed by the play of the inside linebackers um, in that Eagles game, and it's it's hard to tell in practice how those guys are doing, but, um, you know, they've gone to some sub-packages with six and seven defensive backs. I really want to see how that looks in a game because I'm not convinced that this team is going to be great in the base defense. I know I know they're going to have to play base, they're going to have to stop the run. But I was not impressed by John Bostic or Tyler Manicavage in that opener against the Eagles.
1: That being said, what has impressed you? Uh, Terrell Edmonds to me is the guy who just he looks like he belongs. And when they drafted him, I thought he was a reach. Uh, upon further review, looking at what he did two years ago when he was healthy at Virginia Tech, maybe didn't look so much like a reach. And at camp, I think he's been very impressive.
4: Yeah, he's been really good, and um, they're letting him learn strong safety, um, and they're not letting him worry about too much about Nickelback. I think when they do go to those sub-packages, you'll see Morgan Burnett up in the box, stopping the run more than Terrell Edmonds, and then I think once Terrell becomes comfortable with the playbook, with you know knowing how things are working around him, then I think you might see him in some different positions. But for right now, He's going to play deep safety, and I think he's got a pretty good handle on it. I, I agree with you, Adam. I thought he was really good up in Latrobe, and now I want to see him carry that over into his final um, three preseason games.
1: Ray, do you think that the order of quarterbacks, we're only seeing the two this time, will be the same as last time? you think Dobbs will get the chance to start?
4: Well, it was interesting in practice yesterday, and I, I don't know how this would have played out if Roblesberger didn't go down early, but... When they went to the two minute drill, Mason Rudolph got the first reps with with the starters in the two minutes. So that tells me that Mason will probably start the game tomorrow and then they'll let Jobs handle it. Uh Josh Jobs handle it, you know, after halftime probably. But just watching practice yesterday, seeing how they divvied up those reps after Ben went down, I would suspect it would be Mason first and then Josh. But really Mike hasn't tipped his hand and he just doesn't like to do that in the
1: preseason. I like that, though. That's that's encouraging to hear that that might be the case uh, with Re- Rudolph getting the opportunity. I uh, don't know how much the starters are going to play in this, that, the other, but for him to get an opportunity behind a more proven offensive line, well, I think will give us a much better indication of whether or not he can operate the Steelers' offense.
4: Yeah, I agree. I, I thought he was uh, he, he was under a lot of pressure there when he was – uh, playing against the Eagles and playing behind a second, turn, third team offensive line, and we all know that he has uh, a nice rapport with students of Washington, his college team at, teammate at Oklahoma State. But he threw a couple of nice balls to Juju Smith-Schuster yesterday when he was on the two-minute offense. So it'd be nice to see him, you know, get that chemistry going with some other young receivers who he might potentially. Be playing with on a full time basis in in the long term future, but um, you know I've I've been pretty impressed with Mason so far. It's not too big for him. Um, He seems like he's a good leader, and now we just have to see how you know he performs in these real game situations. Do
1: you think there's any chance the Steelers would keep four quarterbacks on the roster? None. Yeah, I I think
4: think you know Randy came out and said that on draft night. He was like, you know, one of these guys are going to have to go, and uh, I'm still not dismissing the possibility that. Josh Dobbs might come down with an injury, and they might try to stash him on IR for a year if they really like him and they really want to develop him. Um, But I think, you know, in a couple more weeks, I think the the strongest likelihood is you'll see Josh Dobbs um, released by the Steelers after that final preseason game against the Panthers.
1: Maybe stash him on the practice squad. Uh, We're being joined by Ray Fittipaldo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette here on the Crowley Show. Uh, What's James Conner's status, do you think, for Thursday?
4: Well, I think it was a few days ago he had ice wrapped around his leg. I wouldn't be surprised if they were cautious if they're trying to nurse an injury there and just, you know, let Fitz Tucson and uh, Franklin and some of these other young guys carry the load in this game. I, I think James has had a good um, training camp as far as toting the ball, but I think you saw in that Eagles game he had a hard time picking up uh, a blitzer once again and um, they got to get to a point where they're comfortable with him doing that. Um, if he has to play during the regular season um, when Le'Veon Bell is here, they got to feel comfortable putting him in there in those pass rushing, um, third down situations. And um, I, I, I'm comfortable with him running the ball, catching the ball. I just need to see a little bit more out of him in terms of pass pro.
1: I'm worried about James Conner's ability to stay healthy now. I mean, it was is, is a problem with him in the college career, and it's been a problem with him now in the pros, no doubt.
4: Yeah, but you know, it, it took two and a half weeks for him to get a little bit sure. thing up this time, and I don't get the, I don't get the sense that this is a a major thing going on. I, um, I, I think it's uh, like a lower body. I think it's a groin type thing, um, even though they haven't identified it to my knowledge. So, um, but yeah, I mean, Adam Kevin Colder. Um, spoke to that when he met with a bunch of reporters at the opening of training camp. Uh, he's got to prove not only his ability, but his availability. And, um, you know, that's something he's going to have to work through. He's been um, a little bit unfortunate, you know, with the injuries and, and the illnesses here over the last couple of years. But, uh, you know, as Kevin said, he's he's got to prove that uh, he could be a reliable player that the Steelers can count on um, in the short term and the long term as they're thinking about him as the replacement for Le'Veon Bell down the road.
1: Who's got the edge to make the roster at the outside linebacker position after Anthony Ciccolo?
4: Um, I still think it's probably Keon Adams, and I only say that's because they liked him enough last year to put him on IR. They didn't want to lose him, and I think there's a pretty good possibility with Ola only being 20 years old. I think there's a pretty good possibility that you could sneak him through waivers and onto the practice squad, but I, I really like Ola. I think he's going to be a good player. I just, you know, I think he just needs a little bit of time to to develop Adam. And don't count out the possibility of the Steelers upgrading once these other teams cut their rosters yeah. down to fifty-three. If they like somebody better than Keelan Adams, I don't think they would hesitate in picking him up off the waiver wire.
1: What about an ILB? I mean, after the top three, there's nothing there that I think is guaranteed either.
4: No, I mean you know L.J. Ford is good in the passing game. I don't think they love him against the run. Matthew Thomas has has had a pretty good camp. I think he's an athletic guy. He can run, um, you know. But I, I do think he's another guy that I think ideally, you know, you would like to develop him on the practice squad. So we'll have to see how all of this plays out. Um, you know, I you know I don't know if Matthew if uh, uh, Thomas has been good enough that they want to keep him on the 53, but I do think he's shown enough that they want to you know, maybe take a, long, take a longer look at him if they can and uh, you know, try to sneak him on to the, to the P squad.
1: Ray, I appreciate you taking the time today, as always, man. Uh, you were great with me throughout training camp. I do always appreciate it, and thanks very much.
4: All right, appreciate it. I'll talk to you later.
1: Yes, sir. Take care. There he goes. It's Ray Fittipaldo. From the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, we are giving away a four-pack of tickets, baby! A family four-pack! Family 4 pack. To Family Fest at Heinz Field! This coming Sunday, I'll be there. Williamson will be there. Lolly will be there. Please don't come say hello. But we're giving away the four-pack <laughs> of tickets, the Family Four-pack for Family Fest, and to get them... Be the third caller right now at 412-922-2874. That's 412-922-2874. The Tribune Review just posted an article stating that West Virginia is 27-27 and 27 in conference games and joining the Big 12 in football. And they think it's odd they were picked second in the conference because of that. And Tim Benz quote tweeted it and said, Thoughts, Adam Crowley? Here's this for a thought. They didn't have Will Greer before! Kind of makes a big friggin' difference! I'm gonna be so devastated if it's a bad football team this year. I don't know if it's better for the show if they're on fire and wind up going like 11-1, or better for the show if they're 7-5. and We'll find out when they're 11-1. Coming up next, the Pirates suck. They are who we thought they were. And we really did let them off the hook, didn't we? It's the Crowley Show.